Clap. <laughs> it didn't get the clap. But welcome <laughs> back to another great episode of Virtual Courtside with Dirk and Harris. We do not need an intro song. We're just going to have our shenanigans. Uh, we are back for another wonderful episode. A, a pretty quiet week, all things considered. A uh, couple of uh, things rolling around the league. Obviously, uh, a lot of noise on Twitter about the league. 3v3, 5v5 as yep. news of the season structure starts to leak out. Uh, I will say, Dirk, this is nothing new. We, we get this like every single year. People starting to freak out with the league changing. But the good news is we will have a league season. Uh, first day will be February 28th. Yeah. We already knew that I saw um I saw you make that tweet yesterday and I saw J.A. like tweet it like it was breaking news that the, the season was starting on February 28th. I'm like, well, yeah, we, we announced it. You know, it's 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 been there. It's but, there. you know, yeah. we, we also mentioned at the very, very end of the draft and yep. like the NBA draft, who's watching the very last few picks of it? Yeah, you're, mostly, very many. you're on Twitter at that point. You're you're scrolling through the 2K League Twitter. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so we decided with it being. A pretty quiet week. We'll cover a couple news items here in a sec. Uh, but we are going to do six big questions uh, where Dirk and I will uh, go through different things uh, about the league. Uh, we'll we have different, I guess, scales of questions from uh, season to season, more broad and then uh, as broad as you can get. So we'll, we'll probably start small and then build outwards. But we'll get to that in a little bit, uh, our six big questions segment. Uh, but let's start with the news. Uh, I guess we'll start with the biggest news. Of the week, uh, a new member of the NBA 2K League family, uh, Jeremy Haber, has been named as the first chief operating officer of the NBA 2K League. Uh, crazy. Comes from your uh, part of the world, Dirk. He was the assistant general manager of the Chicago White Sox. He was with the organization for 11 years. I know you're a Cubs guy. <laughs> scowling at me. Um, I, I'm interested. I don't really know much uh, about Mr. Jeremy Haber. Uh Interesting that the 2K League is really starting to, I would say, build out a much more like classically like business e executive board. Um, you know, beforehand they kind of had more NBA where they had like vice presidents and then commissioners slash you know they had uh, BD who was you know president chairman whatever his titles ended up being. But yeah, now we have a CEO and a COO. So just just an interesting I would say shift of business attitude to have a more classic like executive board. Yeah, I think it's really the only way to put it. Um, going from just having what BD's first role that he had was like the managing director. Um, I know we always called him commissioner because that's what it acted like, and then it was president of the league. So, I mean, it's 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 interesting anytime you jump in the esports space and when things start getting like the the CEO the CEO titles. Like, I'm not a business person. Yeah. I have no idea how corporate America works, so I genuinely have no clue what all these tags mean other than CEO. That means you're you're the big boss of everything. All the other stuff is I'm like. You're brought here for something I don't know about. I'm just a broadcaster. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to rock out with it. Uh, but it, it is interesting that, you know, when people step into these positions, seeing what kind of walks of life they came from. Yeah. Like We know that Andrew, with his background, like I think it was like digital marketing or something, and then this guy, assistant general manager of, of the Chicago White Sox. Like, Which is dope, by the crazy. way. That's really dope. <laughs> yeah, it, it, cool it's job. crazy to think about. Um the way everything ended up playing out. So yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of just shows you, right. Uh, I think definitely more of a financial move. If I, if I had to guess whenever you start talking corporate terms like that and having people into it. So uh, look forward to meeting them. Hope we get to see him when we end up shifting over to in-person play. Once we get to yeah. that three V three playoffs and finals. I think it's interesting to note. I know that a lot of this is PR talk, so maybe not as interesting to everybody else, but I think you look at the rest of, uh, of the press release and it, 
very much points out, including building on the collaborative relationships with the NBA and 2K for the NBA 2K League. And and honestly, Dirk, the, the more and more we kind of see this build out, the more and more that I'm convinced that, not to say that BD got pushed out by any means, but just, you know, BD moved on. We have this new guy. He's bringing in another one of his guys. The clear goal of this is to create clear communication pathways between our league and 2k like obviously the league is already a part of the nba they work out of the nba offices we're all nba employees um but clearly this is a way that they want to start connecting with 2k in a broader sense and honestly Dirk, as long as we maintain the uh i'm gonna use a a really really uh pr operations word here as long as we maintain the competitive integrity of the nba 2k league uh i would love more communication pathways with 2k so yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a fan. That's where I, that's where I think it comes in good, right? Obviously, 2K is phenomenal working with us because we get the league build every single year, and they yeah. have a set group of developers that are always constructing that. But I feel like this when we we've talked about it with other stuff, right? Like I, I always bring up EA in the way that they do things with their pro scene. Like you load up Ultimate Team and you watch two hours of their Twitch stream. You get packs to open up to be able to get, you know, the ultimate team cards, you unlock objectives, earn XP, et cetera. There's little mystery challenges. It's yeah. one thing that we don't really have. Like there's no, there's no like viewership rewards that when you're watching our Twitch channel that can maybe translate into the game, maybe this could be something right. When you're looking at the bigger picture and you're looking at what other people are having success with or what should be in the we're game. We're so built for maybe Twitch that, drops, yeah, aren't maybe, we? Maybe, like we're so built maybe, for it. Maybe this can open up the doors, especially with the Players Association deal now. Maybe, who knows, right, with a player that we work with, they release a, a My Team card that is absolutely juiced for a guy uh, that you can get from exclusively watching that. So I think oh, that's it's a good. great I think, idea. I think the other thing in the PR thing that I oh, really liked. Was put the, Dirk on the digital marketing team. Wait, hold on. That's a great idea. We partner with the NBA player, and 2K responds by giving us a drop for a My Team card of that same player. That goes hard. That's a hard idea. I like that. I, I, Here's one thing I've learned from working with them in my team. 2K is capable of any card you want. You could have uh, name name an NBA player, Harris. Uh, Derek White. They could have Derek. Well, I was gonna say like name like maybe one who's like not that good or oh, something. Not that good. Lower lower, uh, lower ratings. Uh, let's say, let's say uh, Dalton Banton. They could drop a 99 overall Dalton card within like <laughs> a 24 hour period. I remember during the my team event, somebody brought on Muggsy Bows, and they're like, "If he wins the tournament, we'll have a 90 like eight 95 overall Muggsy Bows that's going to be available for uh, a locker code." And everyone's like, "Wow, okay, they could really do these things." So, hey, you know what? I'll flaunt my little digital marketing yeah, little digital ideas marketing. that I have. Um, well, but the one thing I liked about the press release is the, the 250 million dollars in player contracts mm, negotiated. Yeah, hey, like that's, that. that's a that's a big, big number, but he's a hard Drop guy. Yeah. So love it. Well, welcome to the family. Uh, Jeremy Haber, new COO of the NBA 2K League. All right, on to our next news bulletin here. Uh, Derek, Ramo was removed as head coach of T-Wolves Gaming uh, right before the draft. We have all been waiting with bated breath for basically uh, two and a half weeks to see who they would bring in, who's going to be the new hire. How, how, like, what, what is T-Wolves Gaming going to do? And they dropped, I think, one of the most interesting uh, coaching hires in 2K League history. Out of nowhere, they bring in Jay Money, former NBA 2K League champion with T-Wolves Gaming, to come in, his first coaching job in NBA 2K anywhere, and he gets to be dropped in on this team. Um, shock and awe was really my first uh, reaction. Not that Jay Money is a, a bad hire. I really don't know what kind of hire he's going to be. I have no idea what his coaching chops are like, but I know... Just through sourcing, we had a lot of big names, a lot of big coaching names in the community. A lot of players, a lot of former coaches, a lot of current coaches going for that job. 
It's very interesting that they hired Jay Money. Uh, I want I want to hear what you make of this uh, before I get into it. What do you make of Jay Money being hired to the T Wolves? It was a shock because Jay Money hasn't really been around doing much. I can't remember. I thought he like maybe tried playing this pre draft a little bit, mm. um, but I, I really can't remember off the top of my head. But it, it was almost like a forgotten about name in the community, which is why I think it was so shocking to everybody else. Not only that, Jay Money is typically like at least when you're around him when he's playing the game and, and how much he would communicate with always rdg guys typically pretty quiet even when he was on stage with t wolves gaming going through that run um i think it's more of a comfort pick of like damn we just lost a coach before mm -hmm. the draft we, we got to find somebody that's going to come in that's very familiar with the way that yep. the t wolves run things from an in-person perspective that has yep. been involved with everything and so who better to go to than a guy that you want a championship with and so I, I, I think it'll be good. I actually think it'll be potentially, um, depending how you look at it, you're going on to a team with a phenomenal roster already. Yep. Um, so that, I guess that adds a little bit more pressure that, okay, you need to be on your P's and Q's. Obviously we started out with threes. We all know that coaching in threes is uh, there, there's not a whole lot that you can really do as a yep. coach other than put the headset on, hype some guys up, maybe call things here and there. Um, I like it. Uh, I, I just because I know that his 2K IQ is off the charts over mm -hmm. the he has too much experience uh, dating back year of like years I mean, and years and years ago. The only concern I guess I would have is that if you're not in tune with how things currently are and actively playing um, and kind of being like that player coach, right? Somebody who's still like going on the game, yeah. doing all these things. Maybe that could be a little bit of adjustment, but I, I think his IQ is too good. And from a 2K standpoint. So I really do like I honestly I like it more than the Ramo hire. I'm going to be sure. real with you. I'll be honest. We need to give him a little bit more love. He is one of the best pro-am guards ever, ever. Yeah. Like there was a time where RDG were unbeatable. They were unbeatable for an entire like year and a half of 2K. It was it was crazy. And he was the best player on the team. Uh, the, the Heat picked him up in the third round in season two. Everybody was shocked he fell that far. Rumors were he didn't interview well. Then he gets over to the T Wolves. He's unbelievable in that run for them to the title. Gen G basically sells the house for him. Puts a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Never really uh, uh, lived up to it that way, but I mean, his pro am accolades are are untouchable. Um, and I like what you said about two K IQ. Like, there's not much about two K he doesn't know. And I think you're right that he did actually play a little bit this pre draft. It's just it's interesting, man. Like the the RDG guys, they they've just been swirling around. They're just here. They they they've they they just stick around the community. They they keep playing. They keep grinding. Um, fascinating that through all these years, you have so many of them still in and around the league. I would have to guess too. Um, the hiring process has probably worked out better. I would guess that he's still probably local to Minnesota. I know that he mm. had a kid, so I don't know if he's still living in Dallas. I would really doubt I that. Say, I know he's from he's, Texas, so yeah. So he's he's from Dallas, is where eight one seven comes from, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the area code. Uh, he did have a kid. Um, I just don't. I mean, I I couldn't picture a world where all of a sudden he's moving his entire family to go out to Minnesota. So I I would assume that he stole Minnesota local, which probably helped out with the selection process mm. compared to everybody else. Like, man, we got uh what a month and four days before the season officially starts. We don't want to have to worry about okay, we got to fly you in, we got to get you an apartment set up. Yeah. If you're here local, that automatically puts you above everybody else. So happy for him. Happy that he's back in it. As you said, one of the best. Like. It, one of the best guards, one of the most annoying guards to ever play because they were unbeatable. That RDG crazy. team was beating them. Like the, the entire community was like cheering for everybody who would go against them because mm -hmm. of how annoying they were to play. His point guard play never really lived up to the hype when he came into the league, though, but he played in a very special way. I always said if he had his RDG teammates at point guard in the league, I think it would have been a lot different of a story with him and his point guard runs.
uh, I think, by the way, great note on him maybe still being in Minnesota. There's precedent for that. We actually saw that last year with Jay Keith. Uh, he was local to D.C., and MBL was looking for a local D.C. guy, and uh, one and one made two, and he was able to get that, and obviously he's now jumped over to Gen G as their head coach. So a lot of connections all over the place. We we wish Jay Money well. Um, yep. I, I, look, crazy team for him to walk in on, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of notes for, for Tutok, uh, being a young, hyped-up guard in this league. I think uh, mm. good experience for, for Tutok to learn from. All right, our, our final news bulletin of the day. You know what, Derek? I got a lot of I got a lot of shit in my stream from people who thought that your three v three team was better than mine. And let me tell you something, sir. You were dead wrong. Because, ladies and gentlemen, let me let me tell you, the winner of the first three v three qualifier for the NBA two K League this offseason was none other than my point guard pick. BP himself. Shout out to BP, Ballers Back, and DJD. They get it done. They win the first qualifier. Obviously, we'll have round two, I believe, this weekend, Dirk. I think it's the 27th and the 28th. So, how, yeah, it is uh, the 27th and 28th. You accumulate work points. Though? So, basically, okay. you play in the first one, you accumulate points, you play in the second one, and whoever has the most, like, whichever teams have the most points, they're the one who moves on and they actually get to, to play in the league. It's like, what, top two, right? Yeah, something like that. Top okay. two, maybe, uh, might be top four. I'm not sure, but. I I'm not surprised at all. And I, it's so funny. Cause I think I said this during our draft podcast when we were talking about guys who didn't get picked, I mentioned BP and I was like, look, you and I are going to be in DC. BP is going to be on stage battling against some crazy favorite to like win $20,000. And that man is just going to win them a game five. And it's going to be like the craziest story ever. It's coming, Dirk. He's coming. He's, 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 the, well, you cannot slow down. This man is like a, no. a wolf in the night. The, the 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 full moon is out. He is just hunting right now. He's trying to get back in the league. He's motivated. He He's the scariest man in the world right now, Derek. Yeah, no, I mean, especially for threes. Like, it, 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 it fully expected him to come out here in the qualifiers and do work. Um, Something that's not really noted or even that we haven't talked about yet, too, is that we're more likely going to have organizations who are automatically going to put in towards like these group plays. Right. Like yeah. last year we had OTF. We had Glow Navy. Uh, we'll just assume they'll be back. Maybe some other ones that are going to be there. So it's it's still a long road. We know the but UPA team. Well, not that yeah. they've announced their roster, but we know that the UPA team is going to be uh going to be in. They announced that at the uh, combine. So, yeah. So like that's that's um that's something to also factor in like the three v three community side of things and, and but the teams that are already going to be put in and the guys that are trying to go through the qualifiers is going to be crazy but i mean bp doing this i don't think comes as a shock to anybody because no. this is his roots right i know that it's three v three prime and it's at the same field stage part blah 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 it doesn't even matter uh bp this is his bread and butter this is what he lives for uh this is where he is set up to succeed more than any other position in this league so congratulations to uh to him and his team coming out on top in the first qualifiers i think it's i think it's great the games were fun i know that the tournament did get turned on its head a little bit i know that there were like yeah. admin issues and some scheduling issues but Seems like it all worked out in the end, and hopefully this weekend's goes a little bit better. Uh, but can't say I'm too surprised uh, about the result. All right. Yeah. On to the main segment for today's show. We're 15 minutes in, so I think we can get a solid hour out of these. We'll probably spend around yeah. 10, 15 minutes on each question. We'll go back and forth. We'll we'll discuss the, the framework of everything. So welcome to six big questions. I feel like we'll probably do this maybe once every couple of months. Uh, I'm stealing this from a, another podcast I listen to, the Arsenal Vision podcast, where they post three big uh, questions about Arsenal every like three months or so. We're going to steal that for the league, so this will be something that we definitely come back to. Uh, Dirk and I have collected six questions. Uh, two of them are smaller scale, more this season, and kind of like 
street level superhero. Then you have us uh, our second uh, tier questions, which are more like city level superheroes. Then you have your your tier three ones, our big broad questions, which are the planet saving superheroes. For anybody that reads the Invincible comics and knows about the superhero tier list, uh, we're gonna <laughs> stick to that. So let's start with uh, let's start with my first one. Uh, one of the lower tier questions. Uh, first question. Dayfry and Bear have had almost a stranglehold on the title of face of the league for going on, I would say, about two, three seasons now. Who will be the next face of the league to their scale? Dun dun. That is so tough to pick from because like those guys are just on a whole a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um cause like Bear Bear will always be the face, right? I think we've always agreed that kind of as long as he's around, he'll always be the the number one person. Yeah. Part of me wants to throw Ant in that mix, but I think with the community and his history with some of the people in the community, I just don't see that ideally happening. Okay. Now, is he there in terms of a viewership perspective? Like people want to watch Piston Sheets because oh, yeah. of his trash talk, the social media virality that he is bringing every single time that he goes out there on stage. Yeah. Ant is probably going to be my pick. Okay. Uh, I know that probably sounds like a little bit biased just because of how much I know him, but he's an MVP. He's just continuously getting better in this league, getting more comfortable, getting people around him to feel more comfortable as well. So I feel like all signs kind of have to point to him. Um, I think if I did have to throw somebody else that, of course, like isn't somebody who is closer to me from a friendship perspective, I, I would like to say unguardable but i feel like i need a little bit more personality out of him mm. to make that happen he has the, the skill of the game and everything down and the the one thing i do think could carry it is that he is unique in the way that he portrays himself and how laid back and chill he is but also acting like remaining calm and funny i think that's an interesting dynamic but right but when you're it's weird right because like you're looking at the nba you're looking at the face of the nba right now yeah. you still have lebron that's in that mix Jokic is there, but Jokic just does not give a shit about care. anything to do with basketball. <laughs> he doesn't care about um, well, he, that's not true. He cares about basketball. He doesn't care about fame. About, he doesn't care about yes. being famous. Kawhi Leonard, like when he's at his peak, like you think about him, he's mm-hmm. got no personality, and that kind of carries everything because they embrace it. So I would say if I had to go with, I'd say Ant would be my number one, but an unguardable, I think, definitely with his position. And he's playing point guard. Yeah. Like I don't it's so tough. And that's what I respect about Dave Fry. He didn't play point guard and he became a face of the league because of how good he was. So I, I would say that. And if you were to add in the third, which I don't know if we're supposed to or not, maybe throw dimes in there. Cause I still there. You know, how many people out there will still come into our Twitch chat. Haven't typed since 2018. It'll be like, is dimes still in the league. Mm. Cause when people think NBA 2k competitive, they still think dimes, dimes is uh, dimes and okay. his team still trill are still, the number one guys that people will always think of. It's always like dimes or bear that pop up in the mix. Okay. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, we should have probably thrown dimes into there, especially after the finals MVP. I feel like that kind of yeah. like cemented him forever. Excuse it's me. um, it, it's special when you have so much popularity dating yeah. back to when you won the two fifty K championship that you don't stream ever yeah. and you pop on a stream and you're consistently pulling over 200 viewers each time you're playing uh, i think that says something about like who you are a- as a player and how people kind of view you yeah. from a league perspective honestly the the nba 2k league finals mvp is i think the most 
taken seriously trophy that we have from like a, an award standpoint. Like like MVP obviously matters, but I feel like the finals MVP get more love for that award than the, the, the seasonal MVPs do. Like, I feel like I've had a lot of people talk. Like, I feel like mama's respect has gone up to a new level where I feel like Ants is kind of still at where it used to be. Like, even yeah. though he won MVP, like, I don't know. I feel like people just take finals MVP that much more serious. Which is crazy to think about that because you bring that up, right? And yeah. and Mama, I'm that man while over like those first two seasons, you're like, damn, bro, Mama's a face. He's the best player ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point. Him and Walnut, like they're 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 co-sharing the face of the league. But then it just kind of had like the little fall off. They weren't maybe performing as well. So it kind of went to the back end. So yeah. I mean there there there's definitely you can easily make a top five of guys. Yeah. But sure. after that, it gets a little a little bit funky because some some players, while they might have been marketable or could have been that guy years ago. Yes, maybe not as good as they once were. Okay. All right. Uh, so you said unguardable and and who's your third? Dimes. Unguardable and dimes. All right. Yeah. I'll go three different ones just just so we can we can get some different names out there. Um, the first guy I'm going to put on there is Johnny. Uh, Johnny Reb. Um, okay. I I had the distinct pleasure of spending time with him uh, in Sweden with USA Basketball. Uh, not only is he probably the best shooting guard that I've ever seen, he he's just a cool dude. He's he's he's. I think he has more personality than people realize. It's just he came into the league very young. Like, he's still a pretty young guy. Like, he's 19 yep. going on 20, I believe, or 20 going on 21. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, first of all, he's going to be in the league for a long time. Obviously, you know, keeping up the idea that the league and its competitive structure survives. I just think that Johnny eventually, with how good the Bucks are and how he's going to be kind of the leader of that team from, a like, a an offensive perspective now with, with Cook's gone, I think Johnny is probably my choice as a guy that you start to see on the you start to see him on the posters you start to see him on the advertisements so many people in 2k have seen him especially after e FIBA. like now he's kind of like an internationally known 2k player um so i'll throw i'll throw johnny red on there as as my number one uh my number two just from a talent perspective is greens if, if he figures out like the content game and his personality starts to blossom as he gets more comfortable in the league and more comfortable on stage i think people will flock to him i think mm. he is the closest thing that we have to like in a not a perfect point guard but he's the point guard that people have always wanted to watch in the league like people always complain about like left right left right going off of screens like greens has every move in the bag and has is one of the most ridiculous shot makers we have but like you said like it's the personality thing like with unguardable um he's gonna have to kind of go up a level uh if he wants to be known as one of the guys of the league but at the same time i think i think greens talent wise definitely has uh that kind of elevator talent um and then my third guy I'm I'm gonna take a, a longer term swing again, depending on how long the you know the league's competitive structure survives. I'm gonna take a long term swing here. I'm gonna take a long term swing on Tutok. I think he shocked people this off season. Like oh, this is a long term. Like I'm talking like it took Dave Fry what four years of his career to really get on top of the mountain. I think it might take Tutok like two or three, but his name is already so ingrained in the minds of competitive like of the competitive community that if he comes into the league and he's still that good and he's just continuously this good for the next couple of years, I think he's going to vault to the top of the list. People love watching him. He actually has been able to create a really big fan base this offseason. Like his his Twitch obviously got canceled. He was able to hit Twitch partner in one offseason. Um I, I just think I think he's got major major star potential if he can continue to play this well. Um and also he's going to have to show some on stage personality. Like if yeah. you meet him he's 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 a very just like quiet keep, keeps himself kind of guy but i'm interested to see 
When he's got Bear standing next to him, he's got Sub on the other side. They're playing for $25,000. It's the NBA 2K League. He's on stage. What is his personality going to turn into? Is he going to find that star power and kind of put it out there for people, or is he going to kind of keep that usual quiet uh, dynamic? But, yeah, I think Tutak would be my long-term play. Yeah, I'm interested uh, with your the Tutak pick after spending a season in Minnesota where you know that they're going to be funneling out a bunch of mm, content. So like, much. When you're, on a, when you're on a team with Bear to Beast, Got to be ready for all the content in the world. I know that the organization really loves that too. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Like we, from the point where I started with the league up until now, I've seen so many guys that came into the league that were so super shy. You're like, oh man, like this is going to be kind of detrimental to their career, if you will, just not being able to have any personality in interviews on camera. And now just seeing them like a year under their belt, all of a sudden they're a different person. So uh, I'm going to be really interested to see that, but I like those picks too. All right, so that's our first one. Let's get to our second uh, question here. We'll switch uh, switch gears a little bit. What is one thing that you would add to the league for this season? We got a month, so it can't be anything that would take too long to build. Okay. Oh, sorry, I just got an email that I was like looking at that I've been waiting to see. Um, Ooh. Sorry. I'll cut this part out. It's fine. Is it a big email? No, no, no. We don't have to cut it out. No, no. Yeah, no. It was just, it was something just tracking down money. Uh, Ah, So I got confused what I was going through there. Um, Anyway, we could read. Track down, baby. Woo! Tracking down. Trying to find it. Bounty hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what is one thing that you would add to the league for this season? Add to the league for this season. uh, In-person play for threes, kind of how it was last year. Okay. Um, I love threes. I know a lot of people don't like it uh, from a player perspective, like guys that are actually in the league. Um, I do feel like there's definitely when the community team is put on is when you really, really see the three V three support. And I just feel like not having that in-person play up until the playoffs and finals is just, we all know that the best balanced playing field is when you do go in person, uh, but that's just going to be the one thing I'm going to to really, really miss the most honestly out of everything Mm -hmm. is, is keeping that structured. Honestly, not even, not even doing it as much as last year in terms of like three weeks remote, one week in person, Mm -hmm. just like give me a little something more to it. But I understand why we're not, uh, we're not going to dive too much into it, why we're not going in person for it. But that is definitely something that I would have loved to see going into this year, Uh, especially, you know, with with how we've been hyping up and everybody's been talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably the biggest season in NBA 2K league history. And we don't get in person play until the playoffs and finals. So if I had to change the one thing, I think I'd go with that. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, the one that – well, actually, here, I'll, I'll respond to that first before I get into mine. I, I think not having in-person for threes is a bit disappointing just because having the three guys on stage, like, going back and forth was really exciting. Like, it was really fun to kind of see the how fresh it was. Um, and also, I'm worried that it'll be hard for us as broadcasters to transmit, like, hey, these are the games that matter. It's the, you know, it's the slam finals, even though it looks the same. So we're going to have to kind of figure out a creative way on our end to differentiate mm-hmm. – those championship remote games versus the the kind of regular season based remote games so that that ends up falling i don't want to say the responsibility is ours but you know we'll we'll have to get creative on that side of things as my dog barks her head off it was easier to track things when we were in person um like going with how many games were the same amount of games as last year right the best of five structure multiple games going on at one time at home, it's just very hard to keep track of, okay, like, who's winning? Sometimes we have graphics to support it. Sometimes we have to really, like, dig through, maybe look at some social media. It's like, okay, like, what happened in this game? When we got in person, it was a lot easier to be like, okay, we have direct game feed of what's going on upstairs and what's going on down here on the main stage. So we kind of know everything 
that is going on. But I mean, I'm, I've always said this, even back when I was in Call of Duty and people were always talking about like remote, like, yeah, the league should like play their games remote and do all this. I'm like, best platform for esports will always be in person. It will always be undefeated. Um, and I always uh, give the blame to COVID for the reason that there's so yep. much remote play now in video games. So it changed everything. I, it yep. just, everything got so much more expensive coming off COVID. Um, okay. My idea, one thing that I would add to the league for this season, I would add another tournament, another 5v5 tournament in between the tip-off and the turn. Um, I think we need to, first of all, get rid of like the banner chain. I think at this point we're a little bit removed from it. But I would add one tournament right in the middle of the tip-off and the turn. Uh, and I would, I would just have it be a 1-25 through 25 like March Madness style 5v5 tournament where it's, it's best of ones across the board and everybody just plays all the way down to the middle. Why? It's fun. It's more games. It's chaos. The best teams who keep playing will end up getting, you know, will play more games than their other teams throughout the season. The other teams will have to sit there and watch and revel in their sadness over losing this insane best of one tournament. If you want it to be single elimination, that, that's fine or best of three, whatever you want. But uh, I would just love a, a big March Madness bracket of the like one seed versus 25, two versus 24, whatever by seed by weeks that you need to put in for whatever seeds. Uh, I want one more fives tournament that looks different than the other two. I think the tip off and the turn to me are too similar. They're basically the exact same thing now where it's just games, 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 bracket champion, games, 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 bracket champion. I want something a little bit more like woohoo like i want something a little bit flashier so uh, i would add a a second 5v5 tournament or i guess a third 5v5 tournament but split the tip off in the turn mm, and then how about adding on to that we throw in some community teams into the mix Ooh, too maybe it's there we go okay, okay so hold on so then we can um i'm trying to think like what what scale of tournaments could it be so it's uh, it's uh two four eight sixteen thirty two um uh, maybe we add we have 25 teams maybe we add four like four community teams or three community mm. teams to give like a couple first round buys to our, like, our top seeds in each conference. I feel like it's fun seeing team EU and APAC for three V three, but I would love to just see like an all-star team of team, like five people from EU, five people from APAC. And could also include the league bench for that. Teams. Give them a chance. To, so so it, would yeah. be, it would be the league bench and then two community teams. And we would get up to yeah. 28 so, teams and we would do a 28 team tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so. the top four, basically the top two seeds in each conference, uh, one seed, two seed, one seed, two seed on both sides would get first round buys. And then everybody else would play uh, first round games. And then it would just cycle down from there. Well, because what do we have? I know usually for the term, we always had different rules. We didn't have any like no. new rules. This they're year, they're right? the we same now. Have, they, like, they're just different. You just play against different teams. Yeah. So like there's just different teams in your group. It's not too much different from like how the three structure changes. But I don't know. I would just love to. I would love to shake it up a little bit. Like just do like a fun tournament. And if you don't like the 28 team tournament, do something different with it next year. Like I feel like we need something in the schedule that's a little bit more flexible. That's based around gameplay that we can make fun. I feel like if it's too cut and dry every single year, you know, it's fun to keep it fresh. So I would add a second, <laughs> another 5v5 tournament. I do a do an out of position league tournament for with yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> super fun. It's just it's just a season three ticket finals all over again, but for an entire tournament. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay. So those are our two like small scale ones. Hmm. Let's get to our medium scale ones. Let's now move away from just season seven. Uh, let's get into the, the league in general, uh, going into the league's future. What's one thing you would remove from the league? The draft. Ooh, the draft. Wow. Okay. Why? And what would you replace it with? 
um, first replace it just with open free agency. Um, teams sign who they want if they're eligible to do so. Um, so it kind of just following those same rules of like 18 graduated from high school. Um, and then you can just be signed, can maybe expand the roster. Cause I mean, if you're doing a free agency, then that's not really bearing on the league salary. That's more of like organizations that have to venture out and actually pay the players something and right. along those lines. So, uh, the reason I would do it, I just feel like as the years are going on, this draft pool is just starting to be recycled with the same old guys every single time. And a one might be picked up, get a year in the league and immediately be dropped out of it. And there's just a recycling process. I know that we still have some elite level 2K players, but even if you're just going back, looking at like last year's draft pool, some elite level guys. I mean, this year we're looking at the point guard position. There was one that was clear cut the best and all of them are like, cool. It's a toss up, throw, mm-hmm. throw a dart board, throw a dart at the wall. And then whoever lands on that's who you end up drafting. Is there really like that much crazy separation between all these guys? So that's what I feel like the draft at the beginning was great. Cause even after season one, we're like, there's a bunch of random players that are in this Season two, everyone was like, okay, now we know that all these guys that didn't make it season one, we are about to get them in this season two draft. Mm-hmm. Then there were some more in season three. Because over the years, I feel like all that's been carrying these couple draft pools are guys that were hyped up that when they were 15 years old, like, damn, when it gets to season six, when it gets to season five, this guy's going to be a dog. Well, thankfully, Don't they really... all ended up actually being that good. That's the good yeah. news. <laughs> for now, but at like, least, they've all uh, for now been pretty good. We don't really have anything along those lines. So while I feel like it's 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 nice to have everybody included and be able to fight for draft pool spots, things along those lines. I just I, I think as like it goes, especially like even going into next year and by the time like we hit year ten, I just don't I don't don't see a purpose. I, I think it'd just be so much more exciting to have that open free agency hmm. and to just go out there and hoop and and just be able to be like, yeah, I, I want to sign this guy and make it make sense. I mean, obviously, I. I, I you look at signings across any other esport and people who take it seriously. There's no buddy buddy signings in Call of Duty. There's no buddy buddy signings in CSGO mm-hmm. League of Legends. People want to go out there and win money because guess what? They're making smart moves because they have to pay the players now. That's true. They're well, not getting say, some sort of funding from somewhere else. This changes getting rid of the draft changes so much. I mean, it changes the the way that we would do transactions in the league. Like would would trading survive in the league without the draft? Because you have no way of equaling out value now between player. If you want to get a good player and you have a less good player, how do you equal out that value outside of trading two players? And if you trade two players and you've kind of killed the core of your team since we only have five and it's so positional. So I feel like we would need to give the teams some sort of asset to use, like a, like a budget that they can like use to, to trade with so that other teams can have more money to bid on like higher tier prospects or something. There just needs to be a way that or just an a an asset of some sorts that that is movable that teams can use to equate value. I think if you want to get rid of the draft that way, you kind of have to start there. But uh, no, I don't, I don't I don't I don't hate that idea. I think the interesting part about removing the draft would be um, which teams would care the most. Like which teams yep. are going to go hardest for these top prospects? Are they going to try to build with maybe some lower priced vets that are going to be easier on the personality? Are you going are you willing to pay an eighteen year old? that much money uh, you know as a first or second overall pick like are they ready for that kind of ego are they ready for that kind of money so it's interesting uh i think that would that would create a lot of questions and uh i think i think the qualifications of our gms would change a lot especially if we started dealing with money and salary caps and stuff i feel like we hmm. definitely get a lot different uh front office people in the league it would definitely be a lot less 2k people it'd probably be more like business oh. or negotiating people for sure oh thousand percent yeah um all right, one thing that I would like to remove from the league going forward. Um, 
This is the one I didn't give a lot of thought to because I knew that you would have a great answer. Uh, let's see. Let's see what comes off the dome here. One thing that I would like to remove from the league. Hmm. I guess this goes into one of the things that we're talking about. I would get rid of like the one market thing. I think us being in one place is bad. Um, I, not not that the venues that we've had in Indian DC aren't great, but it's just like even even if we're in two different cities, right? Where it's just like we're bouncing back and forth between the two. We just need to engage more markets. We need to like tell people, hey, we're gonna be here then, or we're gonna be here then. I don't I don't love the one market thing i never loved it even when i first got hired back in season two and we were just in new york city i thought that was crazy like we, we, we ended up being in like four different places because we did the we did uh the vegas trip and we did the the orlando trip but it was just a lot of new york and i was always surprised that it wasn't a little bit more traveling circus but yeah I, I would eliminate the the longer term i would eliminate longer term like the home market thing we already eliminated it in terms of like not all teams are going to be staying in one market which very happy that was causing a lot of problems yeah. of its own um, but yeah, in general, I just, I, I don't know. Going back to the same place over and over gets a little stale. Uh, it's, it's, it's just always better to go on the road, which kind of segues into one of our next questions. Yeah. Which so is I, what let's, I, hope let's, that, I hope that you were setting that up for, cause I was like, Ooh, he's got the segue. I would, you know what? Let's, let's, let's do that segue then. So our, our, it was actually one of our big broad questions, but we'll switch it together here because it's our podcast and we can do whatever the hell we want. Uh, the league Bang. should go back on the road. But where should it go? So we're establishing now we both agree that the one city structure for the league is bad. That is something we should remove. Where should we go and how should this look? And again, Dirk, this was your question. So I'll let you take the lead on this. Yeah, um, I think undoubtedly if you ask anybody that's been around since season one um, and if they've been thankful enough to be around all the way up now till season seven, I think that all of them are immediately going to go to season one and say that was the best season. Or people are going to jump straight into season two, which I will say is the best season that we had in the 2K League because we went on the road for the first time ever. So while the New York studio was great, um, the lights, the the LED screens, the circle stage, the setup in New York, the way that it would get packed out, especially when there was big games was great. But the one thing we're like, okay, not everyone's going to be able to afford to go to New York City right. and, and pay for a hotel and, and pay for the constant ubers that are going there for how much that they're going to cost it's just not a very cost efficient place that if you want to come visit the nba 2k league that you can go so what do we do season two hyperx arena las vegas very affordable to travel to hotel rooms very cheap that are in and around the area and guess yeah. what harris you get to take a vacation while also going to visit nba 2k league games and i think that's what is key because for me like any esport that's out there if i was to go somewhere and say I haven't been involved with Call of Duty in a while, but Call of Duty's like, yeah, um, we're going to go to to fucking Oklahoma. I'm not sniffing Oklahoma. Because guess what? No <laughs> Dude, chance Lance for Sessions me. Lance is sitting out there furious right now. How dare you insult Oklahoma like that? Sorry, Lance. That was <laughs> the first thing that came to mind. I could have said Wyoming or something. But the, the, the thing that the point that I'm making is, is that I am not going to go to this place for a three-day, four-day event without anything else to do on the outside. Sure. I want to take a vacation while also like dabble, go to the event and be like, when I'm done, sweet, I can go to the beach. Oh, I can go to the casino. Oh, I can go here and look at these tourist attractions. Vegas was the perfect spot. Vegas I will always great. still say the HyperX Arena event that we had, my favorite to date, just because I love Vegas too. I mean, back then I wasn't even a gambler. I just yeah. loved the lights. And like, that was something so iconic that when you're living outside the US, you always heard about Vegas and, and mm -hmm. how cool Vegas is. Then we went down to Orlando, another entire changeup, a different style of stage that we had down there at Full Sail. Packed the house out. 
people would go down there. Guess what? You know how many people went to, to fucking Disney World mm-hmm. while they went to go check out that Tuca League event? Yeah. Probably more than half the people in attendance posted that they went to Disney World at some point when they were out there. They went to Epcot cool. when they were out there. So for me, if we go back on the road, we need to go to a touristy attraction spot that people would want to check out. So I'm looking at your Los Angeles. I'm looking at your Las Vegas. Back down to Miami, I think, would be a, 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 a hot spot. Tampa, Orlando, really anywhere down there in Florida, Woo. bringing it back out to New York again and centralizing the the venue like where it was going to be before COVID hit, like in, in towards Times Square was a little bit more foot traffic. I, I think that's where it should go. I still think Vegas is probably the number one. I think utilizing an esports or even a Hyperx isn't a sponsor with us. Um, I think that would be a phenomenal place to go back out there if we ever hit out there on the road. And I think, not, I think just people from the community would appreciate it. Right. Yeah. Instead of just being having to to go to D.C. To one city I mean, where it's like like D.C. is like an easy place to get to. But it's also like, man, the Mid-Atlantic is far from the Northeast and it's yeah. far from the Southeast and it's far from the Midwest. Like it's not really close to anything unless you live in the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. And like I still I think Texas definitely um, like down in Dallas, yeah, even though it's not like a big touristy place but i yeah. feel like everyone would be like yeah I'll, I'll go to dallas i'll go down there uh, and so i think there'll be a lot of success there too especially with how the mavs kind of work things and how they could help promote things that are down there too because i know at the the land studio oh like uh, exposure is that yep. what it is yep um i mean they they always have a packed out crowd each time that they would there's host also like, the, mavs the, the esports events. convention center in arlington yep. that uh, is used all the time yeah um, so that yeah. that's that's where i would say i would just like your normal cities i mean i would even like to try out chicago i think i live here so it's a little different for me when everyone's like oh man like i want to really want to go visit chicago I'm like, why would you want to go visit out here but then you look at all the surveys about top places in the united states to go to chicago's like number two yeah like it's like up there number one i think or number one or two for the most beautiful skyline out of anywhere in the entire united states so i, I think it'd be good to just go somewhere where people would want to take a vacation to while also going to check out nba 2 Kelly games Mine would be a little bit different. I think that now that we're going to now that we're separating the teams a little bit more into like conferences and sections and stuff, I think we should host special events for specific teams in their part of the country. Like, I think we should host a big West Coast tournament and have all the West Coast teams come out there and do like a week of just West Coast teams and call it you know, the, the West Coast special or something you know, or, or whatever. Then you do one in like the North Midwest. So you can get like the Cavs and the Pacers and the Pistons and the Bucks and, and all those guys up there. Then you do the, the South and you get, you know, you get, uh, you know, get Mavs gaming and Charlotte and Atlanta and, and all those guys down there. And you can do Northeast with, with all of our Northeastern teams. Like, I feel like we need to start being more regionalized in the way that we look at these teams. Um, because I think time zones affect, uh, our league viewership way more than we want to want to think. Um, I just, I just love, would love to see us bounce around to different places and be able to touch as many communities as possible. Even if the events themselves aren't that big, like I don't need to be to us to be like cod league and be renting out like large scale thousand person theaters every single time. I want, I want us to just to touch down to different places, experience different, you know, areas of culture, bring that into it. Like, you know, we know that the league wants to get more involved in, in culture and entertainment and all that. The only way you're going to do that is if you try to bring in where these teams actually are. Like, let's go to LA. Let's see what the Lakers gaming facility looks like. Let's host a full tournament in their area. Like just doing stuff like that, I think would be cool, especially if it came from the league. Plus, like you said, it will get us to different places. It will get us to different audiences. If people want to follow us around, they can. If people want to plan long-term for where we're going to be, they can also do that. 
Um, you know, maybe the West Coast one is a 3v3 trip and the one in the East Coast is 5v5. Like, I don't know. Uh, I just would love for the league to to spread its uh, sp- spread out its arms a little bit more and give the different regions of 2K more of a more of a hug. I-, I also think we need to embrace the West Coast fan base that we have. I feel like we ignore them all the time. We are a very New York uh, East Coast media biased league, and we need to realize that we have a lot of fans in the middle of the country, and we have a lot of fans on the West Coast. And I think it's time that we acknowledge that. And I like that the Vegas is a good one too because it does acknowledge that group yeah. out there. Um, but yeah, we need we need to we need to embrace the West Coast uh, fan base a little bit more. I like your idea more than well, obviously I just gave locations, but I, I like yeah. that idea of like just regionized kind of, locational events. Yeah. I think are fun. Like, yeah, like having like a little tournament or like if they have games. Oh no, Layla's yeah. about to knock out my internet cord. Oh no! Oh god! Go, come on! <laughs> Life with four dogs in the house, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you've heard my dog, my new puppy barking, and now you're gonna hear Derek's dog. I was not. She she was like wrapped around the cord and was getting ready to walk away and knock it out. So we we are Classic. all good. Classic. All right, so that's <laughs> the end of that one. Let's get to our our last two questions here. We can uh, broaden out even more. Uh, should the league keep the league build? I'll take this one first because I think I might have a surprising opinion for you, Derek. Uh, should the league keep the league build? My answer is yes. Uh, I think the league build, while it does create a detachment from the general game of 2K, I don't think there is a better way to convince the casual that there is an elevated version of the of a game mode that 2K pros are better at. And I understand the logic behind it, which is like, as I've argued before, well, if they can't play the version of the game, then how will they know if they're good? I don't think if you gave our league pros the retail version of the game, it would increase their respect that much more. Uh, yeah. I think the respect comes from being able to dominate on the league build where your builds aren't that great. You're going toe to toe against the best players in the world. Everybody has the same kind of handicaps and it creates a more fair structure, competitive environment. And I think for me, for an esport like this, that is a requirement. However, if we are going to keep the league build, it needs to be put in the game of 2k. If it's not in the game of 2k in the next two years, Get rid of the league build. That's my rule. Yes, as long as it's in the game. If it's not in the game, there's no reason for it. Because if it's not in the game and it's never going to be in the game, then eventually you're just going to have a community of people who are like, ah, I can't play that mode anyway. I'm not going to watch. But I'm telling you, you put that mode in the game and all of a sudden you're going to get people being like, hey, I'm going to use Vandy's build in 3v3 2K League build mode because I saw him using it on the 2K League broadcast and he was kicking people's ass. Like, oh, I'm going to use this new center build. It pops. And Dimes was talking about it on 2K on the 2K League broadcast. Like, there's so many easy ways that you can create, like, good tissue and, like, good connective tissue between you and your community. So, yes, but only if we're in the game. If we're not in the game, get rid of it and just put us in 5v5 Pro-Am. And get, or at least give us a build that is retail, but... Gives us private matchmaking because uh, we're the 2K League. We're not going to be dealing with normal retail matchmaking. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, I, need to, I need my situation mode, Dirk, okay? I need my situation mode back. <laughs> yeah, we have the same mindset. Um, if the league build doesn't end up going to the public, just just make it the retail version of the game. Add uh, on the specific PlayStation accounts for the players, add a hidden menu that only they can access. Um, but then that way, but that hidden menu is specifically just for setting up the games. Yeah. But everything about the game itself will be like the, the players, like they can grind their own builds, I guess, if they really want to. I think that's a little bit harder to police, especially with animation glitches and 
all the other stuff we have to deal with. So maybe there's a way like 2K will give them a 99 overall account, like the one that they wish to use. Yeah. If not, they can try to maybe bring out something else. But I have the exact same mindset. Um, I, I think when people have had the opportunity to come to a 2K League event and actually play the league build, they all have like the same reaction. Like, whoa, this is different. The league build like, is fun as hell. It is the best yeah. version. Of, if, if the I'm telling 2K, if you listen to this, I'm telling you, you release a 2K League league build version of 2k and you put it out there every year for like an extra 20 dollars. i'm telling you 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 will double your profits it's so fun you get the best builds they're not op everybody's on the same playing field and you get to actually play against people it's a blast it's so we you yeah. and i always dick around on there and have super, like a ton of fun i mean I, I i jump on play pickup games with some of the pros still and everything too and it it, it helps too because like even when you just mess around and play like a little one-on-ones and you catch things that helps you with the broadcast perspective too. You're yeah. like, oh man, like me and Harris are messing around doing this, but it's like, I see why this happened now compared to why this happened. Or when you're playing with the pros, you're like, oh, okay. Now, now I really understand the perspective of like, what makes this league build great? Like, what are some of the differences? And it's, it's, I think the reason I want the league building the game so badly, like I, I know people out there just wanting the game so people can get their hands on it. I want it so we can have an easier way like where we won't have to explain to people at home. It is so hard for us to portray to people at home what is the difference with the league build and retail. Like, our, our same definition that we get given every single year. that question comes up every time. It has to eventually. Time. We're always like, think of Hall of Fame sliders, but juiced. It, there's nothing above Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, Game sliders, we don't know. That's not released. Nobody nope. even knows what the game sliders look like in Prime. No one knows what they look like in the park. Nobody knows what the actual sliders are. That's the are algorithm. Yeah, that's, that's the sauce. So, that's, that's the tough part about it is that what I mean, the the closest comparison still to this day that I could ever tell anybody out there is go into Hall of Fame team up and play. Play either with, you know, some 99s that maybe have like actual jump shots. So, for example, go use the best Tracy McGrady you can, and that's going to have the Tracy McGrady base. Will help you a little bit. Okay, how good can you green in that Hall of Fame? Yeah. You know, shot selection. How how like, are you going to green contested shots? So, yeah, I think we we have the same exact opinion uh, about the the late build. If it's if it doesn't end up going into the game, let's just play retail. Give us a secret menu. Like imagine the they released it as like a DLC, and- bro. Imagine they had released it like a DLC, and in order to gain access to the DLC, you had to do like A, B, and C, or you just pay a ton of money for. It. Like I feel like there's ways that they can do it. The one thing that we do have to figure out is that the league build is gone. How are teams going to make money? Because a lot of the way that the teams make money in our league is through court signage, which obviously you can't. You can, can just upload logos. You can, but like I feel like that would require a bit of a different relationship uploading it to like the retail version of the game. Plus, we also give our teams like way more court signage space than I think the classic 2K courts do. I could be wrong about that. Because we, um, we give like the panels, right? We give like the panels that cycle through. You know what I mean? So you can you can put the panels. You can in the game you could put backboards, which I don't think that would be anybody funny. would ever do a backboard. <laughs> well, um, what what, I, what I, was the pizza sponsor that that uh the Pistons had? No, no, oh. no, no. It was like oh, Hungry Harry's um, or something. Yeah, did you yeah, imagine like a Hungry Harry's backcourt off the Harry's and in. <laughs> I I think the signage. So it depends because. Back in the day, right, you had the actual arenas. Now you just have these tiny little pro-am gyms. Yeah. So you can still, like, you have the scores table signage you can have. Um, I think the you can put court, you can put logos on the actual court itself. Right. That I know. Um, and that's kind of it. I mean, there's lettering. There, I think there's some well, Also stuff. in the 3v3 court, because they have all those panels yeah. that are, like, above yeah. the, the hoop and stuff. So, so it's in both modes. 
Yeah, so I think like it definitely could. I think it could be an easy workaround just because you yeah. can upload so much stuff. And again, we're not asking like we just want the you want the retail version of the game, but put a secret menu into where you can still have like a league build esque thing. But just to make it clear of like, hey, we're not playing the game that every single person out there is playing at home. We're not playing the special build with these sliders that we don't know what's going on with. We are playing exactly. You're loading up and you're playing Proam. That is what we are playing right here in this league. It's so crazy because uh, God of War Ragnarok recently just did this where they put out the full game. It's been like a year and a half, and they just released a new game mode for free called God of War Valhalla. And it's like a roguelike game where you go in, you got all the weapons, you, you like unlock powers as you go. But like the game is incredible. It's a great DLC, and it was for free. And if a, if a company of that size, of San Diego Studio size, can release a God of War DLC that's that good... 2K can definitely release the lead build as a payable, like you pay like 30 bucks if you get into our Ubisoft bag here for payable DLC. Um, but you pay for that, you get the lead build, you know, you have like special service for it. I don't know. I feel like we've thrown a lot of ideas in the public about what this lead build could be. And I feel like at the end of the day, you know, going back to the very first thing that we opened up about, about, you know, with, with Andrew and, and you know, new guy coming in, Jeremy Haber, like that will kind of be their legacy. Like, their legacy coming in will very much be how do we improve the league's relationship with 2K using the league build? That's really going to be our yeah. number one pain point because let's just say, let's just say, you know, the, the league changes itself and we do like more celebrity showcase events. You know, we're involved more with, with uh, NBA players now. So let, let's just say we do that. It's not going to be nearly as fun if we're just loading up like quick match. Like that's just yeah. that's just kind of boring. Like if we kept the league build and we're putting NBA players and content creators on there and seeing how they fare, that's a little bit more interesting. But eventually, the more people's hands you get on this, the bigger the league is going to be. Um, and I feel I mean, like that DLC would would be awesome. Well, for any OGs out there listening, um, my first two K NBA two K ten, they had a specific. So you would pay, I think it was like sixteen hundred Microsoft points back then on Xbox, which was mm -hmm. about I want to say twenty bucks. Yeah, about around that. there. Um, and you could buy the NBA two K ten draft combine whoa and basically you would download it actually i don't even think it was 20 bucks i think it was even cheaper than that you would download it and basically what it would do is it would give you a jump start on your my player so by the time that you're done doing the combine you would get x amount of skill points so now when you load into the actual career mode on nba 2k10 it carried over your progress so you got a jump start that's cool so that was the only year they ever introduced something like that and i loved it because you could make unlimited builds yeah. And you could just keep playing. There was actually a skill point glitch that I would do oh, to like, get hey, you guys hey, super hey, high. Hey, keep, hey, that, keep that quiet. Right? Um, hey, hey, don't talk about that. But like, but that that mode was just iconic for anybody because that was like the, I think two K ten was the first year they introduced the my player mode. So they introduced that. Derek Rose is on the cover of it, um, and it was it was phenomenal. The the setting was in Chicago in the gym, going through all the stuff like doing the shooting drills, the yeah. passing drills, things along those lines. Cool. And so that that'd be cool to see something like that with the league. Like just put a tiny price tag on it. I, I generally I can't remember if it was either. I know it's a big jump in price. It, it was five dollars or it was twenty dollars. It was one of the two. Yeah, back August twenty ninth, two thousand nine. No, it sold for five bucks, four hundred Microsoft points, five bucks. Boom. So there you go. And so it that that was that was great. And I think having something like that, even for like a league build, even to add it as like a plugin, yeah. you know, just add it as like a menu thing, I think would be uh would be really good. In my perfect world, I would change like the entire way we look at like the my player career mode. And I know that it's connects so much to playing like NBA games, but I feel like it'd be really cool if there was like an NBA two K League side of it where it was like, Oh, you don't play in the NBA anymore, you play on NBA two K League teams, but that would kind of defeat the purpose of playing the NBA licensed video game. <laughs>
think there's some like on the cell phone in career mode, depending on like which way you go. I think there's some tweets about like NBA 2K League that's yeah, actually for sure. in there. We're, we're on like um, the we're on like the the people that they have tweeting about like the NBA and stuff nightly. We're on that. Scott Cole's now. on there. Scott Cole's Scott on Cole's there. Got, yeah, he's got a, he's got his face on there. I've been trying. I've been trying to get on there, but all right. So that's five out of six. We've covered a lot of great stuff. Uh, if you've made it this far, 55 minutes into this podcast, I commend you. Uh, this has been definitely a lot more theoretical of an episode for the guys who are still with us. We appreciate yep. it. It's been a lot of fun conversations. Uh, last but not least, we talked about this a bit with the draft, so we're a little bit more connective tissue with what we were talking about earlier. Should the league move to a salary cap structure and abandon its current roster format? Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier with getting rid of the draft and what that would look like, where... It would be players getting paid specifically off their skill sets. You'd have certain guys getting paid like max contracts like the NBA. Uh, guys who are being uh, drafted, you know, they could either have set contracts or they could have, you know, negotiated contracts depending on what we do with the draft. But uh, I'll take this one first, Eric. My answer to this one is, is no, actually. I'm going to go with a no on this one. Um, this to me is what... <laughs> The league right now, this is gonna, this is gonna sound really funny, so I'm just I'm just just stick with me here, okay? The league right now is is kind of socialist in the way that it pays players. Everybody gets paid basically the same amount, and then you work for more money. I don't know if that's exactly how socialism works. I'm stupid, but in my mind, everybody gets paid the same thing, and then the you know based off of your accomplishments and your work ethic and how much money that you make, you get paid more. My and and it's it's a merit. It's a team based winning merit based system. That's what I like. The problem is that if you go to the salary cap structure, you are American capitalisming the hell out of this league. Because we know you give this two years with a salary cap structure, all the money is going to be given to like basically the top 20 players in the league, and everybody else below is going to be festering off like the last 30% of available cap space. That's how the NBA has kind of worked. Now they're dealing with millions of dollars. So, you know, 1% of the cap is like $1.2 million. That's fantastic. 1% of our cap might be like, $1,200 or like, or sorry, or like 12 grand. Like there's, there's a scalable difference problem that I have here with the salary cap structure where you might have guys on any given team who, when you math it out, might be making less than minimum wage. So there, there, if we're going to do this, there needs to be like a floor that's kind of high enough to make this all make sense, but we would need to have hard caps lower and higher. And I think the, with how hard those caps have to be, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I think the way that we have it now where you make more money based off of how much you win, I think that is the fairest possible way that you're going to be able to dole out money in this league. I would agree to paying more players base. I would agree to paying the players more of a base salary. I don't agree with saying these guys need to get paid more up front because of who they are. I, I like to look at it more of if they are actually that good, they will make enough money from just winning anyway. So that's kind of where my mentality is. See, I, I don't like it because there there's a lot of really good players who should be making more money. I was gonna and say, so so I, you I, do do you, do you like the salary cap structure? Yes or no? Yes, oh, yes. yes. Okay. I think I, I think that there should be for everybody there should be a base salary, right? So yep. whether you keep say so say for example, right? Absolutely, the the lowest that a player can make on your team is thirty five thousand, right? That is the absolute minimum, and you kind of disperse things wherever you want it to go. I still go to this example, and when this conversation is brought up, I will always support the players in this. When they say, could you picture a world where Giannis is getting paid the same as this bench guy? Not a chance in hell. They deserve way more money than anybody else on their team and anybody else that's in the league for that example. So 
when like you have guys like Dave Fry, you have guys like Bear, you have players like Ant, Kai, guys that are generational in the way that they play the game, yeah. they should not be getting paid the same as a guy that is awful, like a bottom tier player in the league that is probably just going to be in for a year and out. They deserve more. And that will also, I, you could swing it either way. I think those guys, and I think some stars are so competitive to where if they're making that much money, they're not going to get complacent. Just be like, oh man, like whatever, right? Because you would still have that and you have the prize money that would still get added onto it. I, I, I don't think that would happen. I think there's maybe some that might get a little bit lazy yeah. uh, and just kind of like, well, I could just, you know, kind of fall back on this, but wouldn't it be nicer if you're getting paid six figures and you're also winning everything and you're clearing, you know, like almost $300,000 from what you're winning in those tournaments going forward as well. So I think base salary. And I also think, I don't think, um, it, I know like people say, well, that's unfair, but like, man, if, if I'm on a team and I have a star player and I want to pay him $75,000 and everybody else on the team, I'm like, well, like there's a second tier guy who it's kind of like the Batman to the Robin. So you maybe pay him a little bit more than everybody else gets paid. Like the base 35,000. I the, think that's fair. But I don't think it, is that you if would, it caused issues, like you should just be real with yourself. And at the end of the day, too, it's the the GMs and the teams making this decision, right. not the players themselves. So it's like I don't. I guess you could. You would have, definitely have some people who are salty. Like, damn, like the, I, why am I getting paid thirty five? This guy's getting paid this. The only issue is that in order to have a real salary cap structure, not only do you have to create max salaries and minimum salaries, you also have to create max spend limits and minimum spend limits for every single team in the league. Like, if you want your minimum spend limit to be exactly what it is in league right now, I think the 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 cost per team is, let's see, it's about, let's just say average 35K, it's somewhere around like 165,000 per team. Um, so that's like the minimum spend. You know, let's say a team wants to spend 250 grand uh, on their team, like they can. But the problem is that for those teams that have the minimum spend, if they, they're not going to be ever be able to attract star players. And I understand at that point, it really flips it on its head. It just, for me, with where the league is, it almost gives too much power to the guys at the very top. And it takes away all the power that any player who's just, who's you know who's in the league that's either a role player or medium tier player, the, which is the majority population of the league, it, it just kind of leaves them out to dry. And I just don't see a situation where outside of teams spending an exorbitant amount of money on their players, there's just no way that you're going to make it economically fair. Not that everything should be economically fair, but I don't know if we're giving out enough money for for it to be as drastic in terms of the great players should make this much and the lower players should make this much. I don't know if we're dealing with money on that scale quite yet. I don't Because right, right now, like the worst player in the league, base, who's like a third-round pick, last pick in the draft, who who absolutely stinks, their team stinks, whatever. They're making like 32 k in like six months. So that's about six grand a month. That's about the lowest that I would, like, not the lowest, but like, I don't want it to be 20 grand, and all of a sudden they're making four grand a month, and after taxes, it's like 2200 Like, at that point, you, you there's no reason to be in the league, I feel like. I feel like you're giving almost too much money to those guys at the top and not giving enough meaning to the guys at the bottom. Like, would a guy like Nudini have stayed in the league all those years if he wasn't winning championships and he was just at the bottom of the pile? Like, is it just a way for us to recycle out old talent to bring in new guys? I don't know. Um, it... It complicates a, a lot of stuff, and I think it, it puts a lot of pressure on uh, it puts a lot of pressure on the league too to make sure that everybody is being paid fair financially. And also to the to the Giannis bench player thing, bro. Bench players in the league make like 
I don't even know what the veteran minimum is anymore. I think it's over a million dollars. Like our veteran minimum in this league, just with the like with the money that people are talking about, is going to end up being like fifteen k. I, I just like I don't I I don't I don't know how comfortable the league would feel with being with saying like the minimum salary is three grand a month because that's like that's just that's just nothing, especially in twenty twenty four. That's nothing. There, I, there are still again like I guys who have put in the work and consistently show that they are superstars in this league should not be getting paid the same as the guy that you just brought up the the third round last pick on a really crappy team. That's it's, there's no way I can really get behind that and be like, oh, you know that yeah, that's fair but because like, they, they, like they they don't. should be rewarded for something. But that's the thing is, but they do get rewarded. They get rewarded for winning, which at the end of the day is is like how we base success off of anyway to like a really really extreme degree. It, it's about winning. It's always been about winning. This this community is about winning. If anything, giving out a salary cap structure goes away from what made the Pro-Am community great. The people that were the best players were the ones who were making the most money. And that's always been the case. And, and I, sh- I know that now it's a little bit more structured of a league and it looks different. And I know that every high-ranking player or every single guy who would be getting the max contracts is screaming at their phone right now saying, Harris, you don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. But I just... How many dudes are actually worth the amount of money that you'd be paying them at the top? 10? Maybe 15? Maybe 20 out of 125 guys? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we should go full capitalist with this and go full. Think, the, the best guy should always be getting paid the most no matter how little the guy at the bottom is making. It, I mean, mostly I want teams to like get, get to the point where teams are the ones that are spending this money to go get these players because I feel like it would actually make the organizations care. I feel like some just don't care. They just hire somebody. Like, How about this? Go do whatever. I'll exchange for you an acceptance of the salary cap structure. If you accept with me that we do that and we decrease the amount of total teams in the league. I don't think it works with 25 teams and 125 players, especially in an esports league. If you want to do a salary cap structure, I, I only want like 12 to 15 teams. I would cut out like 50 players and keep it to the top 75. That way, there's more money for everybody, and the guys at the bottom can still get paid well, but the guys at the top are making the big money, like you say. We just have too many players who are going to be getting paid nothing while the guys at the top feast and lose. Because that's the thing. Let's say you have one good guy on a bad team, and that guy's going to make everything while everybody else on the team makes nothing because they're not winning anyway, and that person's not helping them win. They're just going to be bad no matter what. Like, take the Kings. I'm not saying score is like some, some money grubber, but like score would be given the highest contract on the team. Everybody else might be getting paid peanuts, but that doesn't mean the Kings are going to win. Everybody else on the team is still going to get nothing, and he gets the, the high-ranking contract. Plus, I wonder what the locker room dynamics, how that would change in the league. We already have a very weird locker room dynamic situation in the league, I think on most teams. You know, you all of a sudden have these three, four-year league pros who are getting paid the most money, and you have a rookie coming in who's on a rookie contract, and he's trying to like talk back to them, and he's just they're they're just going to shut him up right away because he doesn't make enough money. Like, there's going to be <laughs> real like social status problems inside of locker rooms too. That I don't again, I don't know if the league is ready for that. that, that I don't know if the players argument, in the league are ready for that. That first argument we get into the market, but like I make more money than you, bitch. Exactly. That, <laughs> like, no, like seriously, like that's going to be a thing. Like you listen to me, like it's just going to be one of those. So. I would say if we're going to move to salary cap structure, we need less players and less teams because that way you can stack the deck a little bit more with the best players and still pay the guys at the bottom a decent minimum salary. See, I can agree to this, but then what do you do with the teams that are getting kicked out of the league? Do you make like a G League and like have a relegation and be like, hey, this year you're fighting for top 15. If you're not in the top 15, you, know, the, you get moved down to... You know, this is actually starting to branch into a really interesting conversation I was having with somebody yesterday, which was... 
If you were to restart the entire league from the ground up, what would it look like now? Because when we did it back in 2018, it was a very different world with very different expectations of what esports is and will be going forward. I feel like if you were to create the league now, it would be very, very different. Like, extremely different. I'm not even sure how much NBA teams would be involved in the way that they are. I feel like it'd be a lot more outside esports brands, a lot more outside, like, community brands. And I don't know if the buy-in would be as big, but it would almost be kind of like the Premier League, where it's like, hey, if you're a big t- if you're a big money, if you're the Pacers gaming, right, buy a pre-existing Pro-Am brand and make that your, like, sponsored team, kind of like what they do in F1. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like you would have to restructure the entire league. Like, I also think that having less teams and less players would re-strengthen the pro-am, would re-strengthen post and pre-draft because it would create even more urgency for those spaces and put even more talent out there in a way that needs to prove itself. And that way, if you're an actually good enough player and you're better than all the unretained guys, you're going to get picked. But if you're not better, then you're not ready for the league. Yeah, hey, it's it's one of the... This, this topic is always one until there is ever a change in the way things go. Like, I don't know. It, it I, I still, I'll always, I'll go out on my shield for the players. I'll be on, I'll be on their side for this, but <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really would like to see, right. If you're talking about starting now, like say if this is day one, I wish that like high schools and colleges would get more involved with 2k, oh. but from a prime, this is the best collegiate esport, Wait, man, which this by is the way, such a great collegiate esport. I, I learned this when I was at this like little local esports uh, summit that there is a uh, is it is it play one up is that is that the tournament Something the high like school that. the high school tournament thing yeah apparently they have this stranglehold in a partnership with two K esports at the the high school level and there was a group of schools around me who were trying to start five v five basketball um and like. IHSA, the Illinois High School State Athletic, where I think I think is what's called. Yeah, I something, no something, yeah. IHSA. Um, they were getting ready to launch a this giant Illinois high school NBA 2K basketball league. That would have been awesome. To which Play One Up sent them a cease and desist letter saying, You cannot do this. They said that basically the IHSA likes to do everything in-house, so they don't like going out and getting a third party to run things. Of course. Play One Up was like, well by this contract with 2k you have to hire us and to run your tournaments they're like no we want to run it ourselves and so i found this out and i'm like that is awful because play one up only runs quick match they're not even getting the best of the best esports in the game of 2k weren't they lying though no so i i did find out i don't know if they have exclusivity to it but i know they do have a partnership with 2k to run just like competitive tournaments but there's no talks about it's exclusive that they have to be the only one Now, at the college level, I have no clue. I have talked with the university that's close to me that I've done podcasts with. And, you know, I went to school, one of the buddies who who got like the esports program off the ground. And they have talked about sending a pitch deck to whoever the governing body is of their university. I think they're D3, Man, I want to say, to start something. If this was, if we were to restart this league, you could, you could do so much with collegiate level esports in this league. I actually oh, almost man. wonder yeah. if our league would be better as a collegiate esports league obviously we have a lot of guys who aren't in college anymore so that wouldn't work the exact same but like man you could create such a strong college to pro like pathway for this league so similar to like the actual nba obviously you know scholarships whatever Mm -hmm. is silly but 
Like, you could have people playing in college for two years that we've been watching. They get drafted into the 2K League. You could have one-hit wonders. You could have high school prospects who, like, for instance, take a, take the 2K Twins, right? Let, let's say the 2K Twins are going to Tennessee and they don't want to, you know, leave college to go into league. Well, guess what? You could just, you know, be the University of Tennessee's 2K delegates and play in the collegiate uh, 2K League. Um, I feel like there'd be a lot of really fun things you could do if you restarted the league and yeah. try to build it from the ground up with, like, a different structure. Uh, the salary cap structure probably would exist because no, I don't think the NBA would put the onus on themselves to pay the players anymore. I don't think that that would be a thing. I think that would have to be on the players just like it or on the teams like it is in any conventional esport. Um, you, you, one, of, one of the benefits I would say that I think would maybe motivate players a little bit more if there was this whole, hey, you can get paid X amount, right? Like say they want to put a quote unquote franchise tag on you. I think that would jumpstart players like shit. I need to all of a sudden make myself this marketable guy. I need to be the one making content. I need to grow yeah. my social channels because teams could look at that and be like, hmm, this guy who is constantly uploading videos and pulling thousands and thousands of views, they're turning on yeah. Twitch stream, having hundreds and hundreds of viewers, and he's good at 2K and compete at the league at the average level. Hmm. For this guy, from brand purposes, I might go ahead and slap him the second most highest paid player on the team, even though he might not be one of the best ones that we have on the team. Well, we were talking about on my stream the other day, like how do we get players to make to like I don't say to to give more back to the league from like a content perspective because you know right now it's very much like an in season thing. I feel like this structure would definitely push players to do more, and it would also credit the guys who like a two talk or even an Iggymo. I know they went number two mm -hmm. and number five, so they got. Uh, they got enough uh, credit as it is, but it would credit them even more because they would be the ones, you know, they're the ones with the big brands. They could ask for more money. I also wonder if this would allow teams to branch out a little bit more, hire more content creators, but all this stuff is very expensive. And, you know, I just wonder how much each individual 2K franchise is willing to put into this. Like, would you have any team who's actually willing to have a $200,000 payroll for a 2K team? I don't know. The only organization, but like, Judging based over the years, if we did go this. Oh, the Raps like would this, do it. Oh, my God. Raps, Warriors. The Raps would just uh, bring Still Trill back. It would be it would be Dimes. It would be Kenny. They would get. They just get everybody. They would somehow we, get Johnny Red. It would be like Breakout and Still Trill combined back together. We, we have such a good read of these organizations over the past seven years that if it went to a salary cap structure, I could immediately, we, me and you could easily, maybe this is like another topic for another podcast. Sure. If we would like the top five teams who would actually invest in getting superstar lineups could name five right off the bat. Yeah. Right away. Easily. Like the ones that just like actually want to invest in it and, and know what they want to get. And I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's always a, a touchy subject because with the players getting paid, like by the NBA, the organization, some just do so much of the bare minimum. And I think that shows with, some of the front office, like teams that aren't having success year in and year out, and that we don't hear a peep from them. There's literally nothing that is going on to to where they want to show uh, constant improvements to it. So they're going a little bit off topic now yeah, okay. with everything, but yeah. All right, we're about an hour and fifteen into this. Do you have any uh, any final tiny topics that you want to discuss, or do you think we've covered everything? Uh oh yeah, because we covered. I was about to say the three v three qualifiers, but well, we already touched upon uh, BP and the boys getting the job done there too. So I can't. No, I, I can't I, believe it. I got so much hate for my team, and then BP comes out and who, drops. Who them. was my team? Uh, you had Jinxie, Foreign D, and Rel. My guy can't even. Fucking I had compete BP, in it. Dario, my, and my and, guy uh, can't Jin. even fucking compete in it. Harris, too what bad. Do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you want me to do? You know what? I still am hoping. I, I am hoping that. 
I know that they can't play in like a, a an open qualifier in EU and APAC because of the signups. I'm still really, really hoping that once we get to uh, the steel, that they do the same thing they've done, where they just pick three guys from EU, three guys from APAC, and just bring them over um, instead of having to go through like the whole qualifiers. Which, by the way, everyone keeps calling it the Coinbase three v three, which is just the three. <laughs> it's not the it's um, not Coinbase anymore. <laughs> the, 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 the like, I don't even know That's the, the policing. Funny. The policing body in me of, of how like working with the NBA and bringing yep. up sponsors and giving yep. free publicity. I'm sitting here like, oh man, please stop calling it Coinbase. It's just the three v three blacktop series now. There's no Coinbase <laughs> involved, unless there is, and we just don't know. And I'm being such a dick right now. And we <laughs> up, and we just see Coinbase slapped Coinbase on it. But from my understanding, it's just the three v three blacktop series open qualifier. One so. final, one final tiny topic for you. I'm gonna bring. We we've scoped out so far. I'm gonna bring the scope slam shut right back, right back, just for fun. Make a random prediction right now. Who's gonna win the three v three and five v five championship? Let's go with three v three. Give me three, three v three. Give me Magic Gaming. Okay. Um, for five v five, uh, give me the Warriors going back to back. Mm. Damn it. Which one? Were, which one did you have that I was gonna have? Let me guess. The Warriors. Oh, uh, you took both. Oh, <laughs> I thought okay. to myself like I'm gonna take Magic Gaming because he's definitely gonna take the Pistons, ha! Huh? And then you're like, I'm gonna take Magic Gaming too, and I'm like, shit. Well, no. if you want me, if you want me to switch it up, I will go the Pistons to win three yes. versus three. Um, and for five e five, you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling. I'm just gonna throw it out there just because we're having some fun with it. And I already gave my actual predictions. I'm gonna go Knicks gaming. Ooh, okay. Do look Knicks. I think bring the it together. Come back. I, the only reason I don't want that to happen is because original Malik, uh, if they win the title, I think would go <laughs> even more ham than Mama would. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, but all right, let's uh, let's close it out there. We actually kept our podcast within a reasonable time. Uh, hour 16. That's six big questions. The next time we do this, we'll do three big questions. We just want to tip it off with six. Uh, and obviously, there'll Ooh. be more things to talk about. What? Potential special guest next week, too. Oh, yes. Very. Our first guest. Um, so we want to do like a bunch of different podcasts for you guys. We want to do podcasts like this. But we also want to do like JJ Reddick style, like long form interviews and stuff. So we're going to have we have, we we're, we're starting to ideate about some cool people to bring on. And next week, we're going to have somebody very cool to kickstart our uh, our interview series. So we'll stop it there. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Dean and at Dirk underscore JDR. We'll have another episode for you guys next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Virtual Courtside. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube and TikTok and follow us on Twitter at VCourtside2K. We'll see you guys next week. Adios.